Taiwan reported 286 new local COVID cases on Thursday. This was a sixth day in a row of more than 100 cases a day. We turn now to the Central Epidemic Command Center. Today, we are reporting 295 new COVID-19 infections, 286 local cases and 9 imported cases. Broken down by residents, New Taipei reported the most cases at 157, 40 of which were in Zhonghe District. Taipei reported 87 new cases, with 40 of them being in Wanhua District. There were 17 in Taoyuan, 8 in Yilan, 6 in Jianghua, 5 in Jilong, 2 each in Kaohsiung and Taichung, and 1 each in Xinzhu City and Yunlin. 84 of the new cases had recently visited Wanhua, and another 60 have been linked to hostess tea houses in the district. Seven have been linked to a certain club, four to a fruit vendor, and two to a gambling arcade. 63 of the cases are of unknown origin, 38 are linked to other cases, and 28 are still under investigation. Health officials also reported one more COVID death, that of a woman in her 70s who lived in Wanhua. She did not seek medical treatment for her symptoms and was diagnosed with COVID only after her death. Her body was discovered by relatives. This takes Taiwan's COVID death toll to 15 since the start of the pandemic. Taiwan's recent coronavirus surges have brought together all levels of government in the first nationwide coordination. During an inaugural online meeting, central and local officials hashed out a plan for establishing more COVID testing sites across the country. Government officials at the central and local levels held Taiwan's first national epidemic prevention meeting on Thursday. At a press conference after the event, CECC Deputy Chief Chen Zhongyin announced that the central and local governments had reached a consensus on six issues. We asked the 22 cities, counties and municipalities to determine their infection hotspots and take stock of the supplies they would need to set up testing sites at the hotspots. They will report back to the CECC, and the CECC will make an evaluation and offer assistance. Local governments agreed to provide a list of places frequented by a large number of COVID cases, as well as places where many residents are testing positive. Then the CECC will determine whether to establish a test site in the area. During the meeting, officials also discussed the medical procedures for people who are diagnosed with COVID, how they will be treated and transported if necessary. They agree that the CECC will establish an SOP for all local governments to follow. The CECC will also provide medical resources to local governments upon request. Local governments will be allowed to release details on places visited by infected people before their diagnosis. During the collection of that information, local and central governments will work together whenever necessary. During the meeting, a consensus was also reached that medical staff will get vaccination priority. Now that Taiwan is on a level 3 COVID alert, local and central governments pledge to work together to fight the virus and to fight disinformation. Recently, a lot of online groups have popped up claiming to be from the CDC or impersonating disease prevention experts. We must reiterate that establishing these fake groups constitutes fraudulent behavior and may be in violation of Article 339-4 of the Criminal Code. This fraudulence is punishable with at least one and up to seven years of prison. Pushing against the tide of disinformation, Chen pulled up placard after placard of reminders. He asked the public to fact-check before sharing things online to avoid getting a stiff fine. 
Hospital-acquired COVID infections have been reported at two more Taiwan medical centers. These are the Songshan branch of the Tri-Service General Hospital and the Herping branch of Taipei City Hospital. Herping Hospital, which reported two COVID patients last week, says that now three of its staff and two more patients have tested positive. To contain the spread, the hospital is closing all of its outpatient clinics until May 29th. Over at the Tri-Service General Hospital Songshan branch, two contacts of a COVID-positive medical worker have also tested positive. Taiwan now has five medical centers where COVID is believed to have spread internally. The other three are New Taipei's Far Eastern Memorial Hospital, Kaohsiung's Renhui Women's and Children's Hospital, and a dialysis clinic in Taipei's Wanhua District. It's May 20th, the first anniversary of President Tsai Ing-wen's second term. Tsai spent the day conducting an inspection of the Defense Ministry's Epidemic Control Headquarters. Here at the Epidemic Command of the Ministry of National Defense, Tsai takes notes as she hears a briefing. On May 20th, the anniversary of her inauguration, the president kept her remarks centered on the pandemic as she addressed the troops. Disease prevention is a battle, and it's a battle we will absolutely win. I want to ask you all to join me in this fight. As Commander-in-Chief of the Armed Forces, I am proud of each and every one of you. I ask you to think of the people of this country as you all go out in your duty. President Tsai called on the troops to follow governmental health guidance and to guard against infection in order to maintain combat readiness. While our country is focused on fighting COVID, the PLA is still intruding upon our airspace and territorial waters. At such a time, we need to heighten our vigilance, maintain combat readiness, and hold fast to our posts to safeguard national security. Tai made no mention of her term's anniversary, but the date didn't escape the notice of the KMT. The party's legislative caucus held a press conference Thursday to blast the Tai administration on its anniversary. We have no electricity, no water, no vaccines, and no governance. The tools of this administration include the teleprompter and the recitation of hipster rhetoric. They include deployment of the Internet Army, and in the end, whenever their officials run into problems, they all try to shift the blame. Today we've got the best footnote possible for the May 20th inauguration. Because we elected the wrong person, we are in the miserable situation of today. The KMT is over there bad-mouthing Taiwan, going on about the five things Taiwan lacks. I have to say this, the country belongs to all of us, and we are all going through the same things. Launching distorted attacks won't benefit the KMT. For example, this drought is the worst we've had in a century. If the government had not responded to it early on, these complaining KMT lawmakers would not still have running water. As the government grapples with the pandemic and water crisis, it's also approaching key political challenges, including an August referendum and the 2022 local elections. It's clear that in the year to come, the Thai administration will be put to the test. Jinmen has opened its first-ever medical mask factory. After a shortage of masks hit the island this time last year, a retired businessman decided to take action. This week, the factory began production and aims to provide masks for all Jinmen residents. An endless row of purple masks streams from the production line. Workers are busy packing them up. The first medical mask factory in Jingmen opened on May 19th, and its birth is the story of grandfatherly love. 
It was because my grandson went to buy a mask and couldn't get hold of one. So I felt pretty angry. Why does it get like this on the outlying islands? You struggle just to buy a mask, you queue up for nothing. So I thought I would open my own mask factory. Experienced businessman Chen Zeling retired to Jingmen County seven years ago. But after the mask shortage in Jinmen last May and June, when his grandson couldn't find a mask in shops, he just had to get back in business. With 10 million NT, he set up this factory, which produces both adult and child-sized masks up to 200,000 a day. That should be more than enough for the island's population of 60,000. Jinmen is a priority. We will sell them locally in Jinmen first and only then to Taiwan if there's a surplus and then abroad. Right now, we're making plans and we've asked the designer to make mask designs featuring Zhuguang Tower, Gugang Lake and the Wu Wang Zaiju inscription. But they'll all be limited edition. For Jinmen as an outlying island, our material resources fall way short of what is on the island of Taiwan. That's why Mr. Chen built the mask factory here, which is a really big help for our resources in Jinmen. The masks just keep rolling off the press. Access to resources may be more limited on outlying islands, but the power of a grandfather's love can change a lot. Taiwan's new contact tracing system has been adopted by more than 300,000 businesses since its launch on Wednesday. The system works by having people scan a QR code before entering a venue. We are using technology to solve problems for the people. We are extremely thankful to Minister Without Portfolio Audrey Tang for the text message registration system, and also to Gaoshou Mayor Chen Qimai and iPass Chairman Mr. Li Huairen. Everyone put their brains together to roll out this system in the shortest time possible. The government plans to use the contact tracing system on all public transport. QR codes are already set up along the TRA and high-speed rail lines. Intercity coach buses, city buses and MRT systems will be next to implement the system, with its launch scheduled for May 23rd. Taxi cabs will use the QR codes too, starting on May 26th. As Taiwan battles a surge in local COVID cases, it's used up nearly all 300,000 doses from its first two batches of AstraZeneca vaccines. Officials say the remaining doses will be reserved for healthcare workers. On Thursday, Far Eastern Memorial Hospital held two vaccine clinics in New Taipei, where they vaccinated some 400 frontline doctors. With one outbreak after another, hospitals have become a high-risk area for COVID spread, leaving medical workers vulnerable. On Thursday, Far Eastern Memorial Hospital set up AZ vaccine clinics at Banqiao and Shulin to inoculate frontline staff. When we are seeing patients, we don't know which patient carries or doesn't carry the virus. Today, just show up. Unlimited access to the hospital's vaccine inventory will be provided to rank-and-file doctors. There's now been more than 100 cases for six consecutive days. With demand for vaccines skyrocketing, Taiwan has used up nearly all 300,000 doses from its first two vaccine shipments. A third shipment arrived on May 19th. 
an EVA air cargo flight touched down with some 410,000 doses of the AstraZeneca vaccine, which were obtained through the COVAX Global Initiative. They could be ready to administer in as little as a week. As before, the vaccine stock solution is from South Korea, so we have to conduct the sealing test right away. We estimate needing about a week before we can start to use this batch of vaccines. Taiwan's COVID outbreak has made international headline. Bloomberg writes that a key problem is the lack of vaccines. It quotes Mayo Clinic virologist Gregory Poland, who says that if Taiwan has 300 diagnosed cases, then there are 3,000 cases in the community. Poland says Taiwan will need to do a hard lockdown before vaccinating its people as soon as possible. In related news, a new study by the University of Oxford shows that a third dose of the AstraZeneca vaccine works well as a booster dose, effectively strengthening antibodies to tackle virus variants. This past year, because there have been so many people infected, it feels as if the virus has been changing very quickly. But as a matter of fact, the virus is still mutating within a set range. So a booster shot of the AZ vaccine can make up shortfalls with the antibodies. It can make them more effective against mutant strains. Meanwhile, U.S. pharma company Moderna has shipped 20 vials or 200 doses of COVID vaccine test samples to Taiwan for early inspection. This will allow later doses to go through testing faster in just 14 days instead of 40. The Moderna samples arrived this week, lending credence to reports that the first batch of orders will arrive in June. In addition, officials say domestically made vaccines could roll out at the end of July, speeding up Taiwan's return to normalcy. As medical workers step up to tackle the spreading coronavirus, ordinary people across the country are supporting them through practical gestures. We spoke to people across northern Taiwan who are doing what they can to show thanks to medical staff, with everything from free meals to relief from the summer heat. As COVID cases grow, demand for rapid testing is soaring. For test administrators, clad head-to-toe in PPE, it's all hands on deck. When they take off their outer robe, you can see the sweat that's dripping down their shirts. It's such hot work. After Taipei Deputy Mayor Huang Shanshan posted these photos online, one member of the public decided to do something to give back. He donated four air coolers free of charge, so at least they can get a break from the punishing heat. We used up a free hour to install the coolers, and they dressed me up in full PPE according to the protocols before I installed the coolers and the electric. Doing four machines only took about 20 minutes. By the end of it, I was drenched in sweat. I took the clothes off and they were dripping. It must be very hard for them to keep at it for three or four hours. You're soaked in sweat in no time. Frontline medical workers are all stretching to respond to the escalating outbreak, and members of the public are stepping in to support them. Streaky pork sizzles on the grill, glistening. Two cooks are busy with the meat, while nearby another handles rice and soup. These lunch boxes will be given free to medical staff in four Elan hospitals. On their lids is a handwritten message, eat up. Now, at some of the restaurants where the hospitals want to get takeout, nobody will deliver to the hospital. We felt sorry for them. Medical workers work so hard, why should it be so hard for them just to get a good meal? So we got some friends together to make 500 lunchboxes to send to Elan's big four hospitals. Meanwhile, over in Jilong, this breakfast cafe owner had a similar idea. Moved by the struggles of a family member who works in health, he donated over 100 toast meals to medical workers at the health ministry's Jilong Hospital. Passersby give him the thumbs up. 
As the pandemic heats up, it's crunch time for medical workers. Each gesture of support like this helps lift their spirits. Now, if you are craving a dose of culture, the Open Museum website, formed by Academia Sinica, might just be right for you. The website features dozens of exhibitions featuring thousands of online artifacts from museums around Taiwan. More recently, to celebrate International Museum Day on May 18th, the website added an array of 18 new online exhibitions. It also launched a space for members of the public to try their hand at curating collections. Formosa News reporter Stephanie Yang has the details. Although many physical exhibits were cancelled due to the pandemic, the National Treasures of Taiwan are still available to view in the comforts of your home. To celebrate International Museum Day, 22 museums, art galleries and research institutions opened 18 new online exhibitions on the Open Museum website. Together, they added more than 17,400 new virtual artifacts to the website's collections. The new exhibitions cover a wide variety of themes, spanning from art and history to ecology and social issues. Among the offerings are exhibits on oracle bone inscriptions, on seeds as seen through electron microscopes, on 3D modeling, and on early movie camera technology. One of the exhibitions explores the history of the COVID pandemic and its effects on culture. From Taiwan's new normal to the disease's impact on other countries, the exhibition covers issues such as panic buying, face mask faction, and even conspiracy theories. This COVID exhibition had previously opened at a physical venue, but now it's available online with additional updates. The fields featured range from science and humanities to history and society. One of the more special exhibitions is the one discussing culture under the pandemic. The advantage of virtual exhibitions is that the work of the curators doesn't end when the exhibition begins. Over these past six months, they have been continuously updating the exhibition materials. The Academia Sinica Center for Digital Cultures has also launched the Open Museum Plaza, a website that allows the public to curate their own digital exhibition. What's special this year is that we have created a platform called the Open Museum Plaza. Anyone can register on this platform and use the online curatorial services to create and showcase their collections. The Open Museum website launched at the end of 2018. Since then, it has been constantly improving its digital interface, which now offers the possibility to present information using maps and timelines. If you have ambitions to be a museum curator, why not give it a go? For most of news, Stephanie Yang, Li Qi in Taipei. A plum rain front could bring relief to the drought-wracked south next week. The Central Weather Bureau says a stationary front is due to move in next Tuesday and linger for as long as four days. The front will bring sustained showers, mostly to the north and northeast. It will also bring a chance of afternoon thunderstorms to southern Taiwan. It's Thursday morning and the blazing sun is beaming down. Temps soared as high as 38.2 degrees in Tainan and the CWB issued heat advisories in 15 cities and counties. For most of Taiwan, we're looking at high temperatures ranging between 32 and 35 degrees Celsius. In Taidong, there's a chance of firm winds. Watch out if you're in southern Kaohsiung and Pingdong, as well as Nanto and areas close to mountain ranges. These parts are likely to see temperatures of 38 degrees and above and related weather phenomena. 
With scorching temps and no rain, reservoir levels have continued to drop. Shimen Reservoir is down to 11.15% capacity, while Deji and Tsongwen are both below 10%. Nanhua Reservoir is at 10.69%. The CWB says that a front is on the way due to arrive Friday and Saturday. However, the chance of rain will be limited to northern and northeastern Taiwan. The good news is that next Tuesday a stationary plum rain front is expected to move in and linger over the island, bringing a chance of rain to the drought-wracked south. Next Tuesday and Wednesday, this front will mainly affect the north and northeast. In southern Taiwan, the weather will also turn more volatile, with a greater chance of rain, a greater chance of afternoon thunderstorms. And if the front veers south of our predicted trajectory, or if it brings more moisture than we're projecting, we may also see localized showers outside of those afternoon thunderstorms. This car wash worker sprays with care, mindful not to waste a single drop. If plum rains don't deliver by the end of May, tighter water curbs will snap in place. In Taichung, Miaoli and northern Jianghua, water could be cut for an additional 8 hours a week starting June 1st, for a total of 56 hours. How will it work? The Water Resources Agency says that water cuts will start two hours early at 10 p.m. instead of midnight. Later on, the supply will return six hours later at 6 a.m. instead of midnight. Officials say the schedule is designed to avoid peak use periods and minimize the inconvenience to the public. With the drought dragging on and reservoirs drying up, forecasters are looking to southwesterly winds to usher in rain in the coming weeks.